Hey, it's Elle. And Anna. And you're listening to the Baby Project Podcast. In this podcast, we will discuss our journeys, as well as other warriors going through the ups and downs of infertility. Um, there's ups? <laughs> yes, there's ups. Okay. As a reminder, be kind to yourself and skip as needed. We know some topics may be triggering. Let's get talking. This is episode eight, drugs and money. In this episode, we talk about some of the fertility meds we remember being on, our experiences with them. We'll dive into additional treatments we have completed to help with implantation. And we're going to try to remember the cost of the meds and treatments and um, prep you as much as we can. So let's talk about what we're best at talking about (laughs) ourselves. So, you know what I thought when you said drugs and money? (laughs) My first thought was Narcos. (laughs) My second thought was Queen of the South, which are both Netflix shows. Oh, yeah. About drugs and money. Mm. Our topics are definitely not that interesting. No, there's no sex. (laughs) (laughs) And we're not burying money underground anywhere. (laughs) I am not, are you? And we're definitely not doing non-prescription drugs. Well, just speak for yourself. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, That's what that white stuff always is on your nose. <laughs> why? Like, why? Like, that explains why I'm so happy all the time. Oh, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's where all your energy comes from. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, okay. So, what do you, re- what meds do you remember that sticks out to you the most? And, like, what kind of side effects do you remember from them? So like from the egg retrieval, even those meds. Yeah. So the ones that I had the side effects from the most were actually the meds that I took to do IUIs. Mm. So like Clomid, Letrozole, those ones gave me the most side effects, which were really just really bad hot flashes Mm. Um, and some like mood swings and things like that. When I did my first and second like egg retrieval, so the IVF piece, I don't remember having really bad side effects. Mm -hmm. Nothing that I, you know, remember, however many years later. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously with some of the medications, there's a few things that kind of stick out in my mind from the medication themselves, not necessarily side effects. Um, But like the PIO injections. Yep. Those suck. Been there, done that. My first IVF, when I did the um, PIO injections, um, they didn't tell me to like massage the area afterwards or, you know, the warm compress or anything like that. So my husband would just give me the injection and away we'd go. So then I got these really big red marks Mm. on my ass and my hips Mm. and they were so sore. Like I remember sitting in the car and because my hips are a little bit larger, Mm -hmm. um, I could feel it kind of rubbing on the back of the seats, like my hip and it hurt so much, even just to like at touch simple touch oh it was really uncomfortable so I went to my doctor and I remember she gave me like cream for it oh my god because it hurt me it hurt me so bad that I went to the doctor and I never go to the doctor no not you so it was really uncomfortable so second time around when we did the PIOs I then added warmth and massage and then I never had those red like what it looked like welts yeah like red welts on your hips yeah so I never had that after thank goodness but so for let's say if someone's new to it 
PIOs are progesterone and oil injections. And that's usually taken before before your, your transfer, right? It is, yeah. Yeah, six days before. I have no idea usually. of the schedule. Oh, I guess everyone might be different, but I remember taking mine six days before as well. But before that, though, it was um, suppositories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, suppositories. Those are fun. (laughs) I like them. Oh, my gosh. Um, So with with my stories about the PIO, I remember um, telling you the same thing. Like, oh, my gosh, like, A, it hurts when it when it when it's injected and and be like it's so freaking thick yes like thick when like when my husband is pushing that shit through it's like taking forever and mm-hmm. of course you're in an uncomfortable position too like bent over so he's injecting like, and you're like hurry up already he's like <laughs> i'm trying as fast as i can but it was until you told me to put um the the oil underneath my armpit to yep. get at room temperature, the needle with yep. the oil and like drawn up under my armpit. And then that actually helped a little bit. Yeah. It helps bring it to like your body temperature. So it warms it. I noticed too, I see a lot of women on their videos, they put little, they're so cute too. The cutest little ice packs mm-hmm. and they're like teeny tiny things. They put it on their belly and they kind of like tuck it in their pants while they're prepping their meds. Ooh. And then, then that way it's cooling their belly area. And then they give their in- injections in that area. I'm like, oh, that's freaking awesome. That's I never smart. did that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't think to do that either. And PIO, I wouldn't put ice before you do in oil. Because think about when you put olive oil in the fridge, mm-hmm. it goes hard. Yeah. So I wouldn't put cold before putting a PIO injection. But yeah, yeah ice packs may help for belly injections yeah um and then warming the room temperature that definitely helped um let's talk about suppositories <laughs> first of all i didn't know i think i already explained like i was so surprised i had to put that up there and then my experience with the first time was when i opened it i cracked the tablet in half so i'm like now what do i do so i had to do it Insert it twice. I know TMI, but yeah. So were your suppositories? Did they look like a little bullet? Yeah. See, mine didn't. What? Yeah. Well, the, not the first time. Okay, so I've done obviously multiple different kinds of progesterone then. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they look like bullets. Like one time, the other time they were like pearls. They're like little balls. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I'd have to <laughs> insert like two or three little balls. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i'm surprised i didn't walk and like jingle like i had marbles <laughs> in my badge <laughs> oh my god i've only tried the bullets i feel like it's a one shot go yeah way easier mm-hmm. i ended up i had uh some of them i think there's one it has like an um an applicator Ooh. So it almost looks like a tampon applicator, but the top of it just has like a little hole. Oh, nice. Where you can put the suppository in it and then it you you inject it mm-hmm. or, you know, insert it that way. Um, so I, I, I use that, which makes it a little bit easier. All I got to say is I'm so thankful that my experience has been at home. Like throughout this whole time, I've been doing it in the pandemic. So I've been working at home. Yeah. So like uh, I have my 
you know, my clock or whatever every four hours and my alarm will ring and then I go into my home washroom and then I put one up there. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how it is for those that have to go into the office. Like, what if you have a meeting around that time? Or what if you're like seeing a patient or whatever? Like, how do you do it? <laughs> and then also like, <laughs> you get to bring it into like the public washrooms and stuff like, I don't know. Yep. Yes. Been there, done that. Oh my gosh. Tell. So at my place of employment where I was when I was going through IVF and had to do that, um, what I did, so I had those public washrooms. It wasn't even individual washrooms. Like mm-hmm. at our workplace, we have our own washroom. Mm-hmm. You close the door and you're the only one in there. Mm-hmm. There's a toilet and a sink. Whereas um, there was like three or four stalls. Mm. in um that's the only washroom area in my other work so I would have to go into the stall so always too I always get like pee stage fright anyways (laughs) so I can never pee when there's other people around it takes me forever oh my gosh you're one of those people that I go into the washroom and it's just quiet and then when I leave I hear I leave and then I hear the trickling (laughs) no I've gotten way better as I've gotten older (laughs) It is what it is. I got to piss. I got to piss. Um, yeah, but sometimes I get a little stage fright. You're like, Ooh! You start and then you stop when someone comes in. <laughs> then you got to start again. Anyways, so I'd be always so nervous that someone would be in the washroom and here I am fumbling. So what I actually did was like, I had like a small, almost like a makeup bag mm-hmm. and I would put my pills in there. Mm. Um, so that way I could bring it in to the washroom with me because mm-hmm. I wasn't going to walk around with a couple of suppositories in my hand. <laughs> And these things, they literally look like little pearls. So, you know, imagine if you dropped one, then you see a pearl bouncing through the, oh my through the stalls. Gosh. Yeah. So I'd have my little bag and I'd bring it with me and then I would do what I needed to do oh, in the stall. That'd be so embarrassing. Oh. <laughs> you just see it rolling across. It would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can you pass me my pearl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's expensive progesterone. Can I have it back, please? Ew. Public no. washrooms. Nasty. Ew. Ew. Yeah, so it was never fun doing that in public. No. I don't remember going to like having to do it at family's house or going to like a restaurant or mm-hmm. out anywhere like that. I just remember work mm-hmm. being a little bit of a bitch. Oh, man. Yeah. Awkward. Yeah. But was it always good? Like, you had time to do it. It was never like, oh, shit, like, I'm running late that, like, you know, that window of having to do it every so many hours. I just did it when I could. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I would sometimes, if you're on the phone, um, you know, you don't always get your lunch at the same time. So um, you just kind of coordinate when you're able to go Mm -hmm. um, and do your business in the washroom. Okay. As best as you can. Exactly. Um, So besides progesterone what other meds do you remember being on in preparation for um, the transfer so just before yeah before fet's um i would do uh, some fet's that i did were natural mm-hmm. so no medications before transfer and then just progesterone after transfer oh um and then other ones that were medicated i did estrogen prior to and then add you know progesterone on board okay and then once a the transfer was done sometimes blood thinners as well mm-hmm. oh my gosh um, before we get into blood thinners, mm-hmm. um, estrogen, did you, was it tablet or was it patches? Tablet. <laughs> mine, mine were patches and they were like circular patches. Okay. But they, it looked like, have you ever put like a screensaver on your phone before? <laughs> yeah. It was like that, but you're putting it on 
your belly. It's hard to explain, but picture like trying to put like a film, like the film on your screen protector. That was what it felt like to put it on my belly. Yeah. And sometimes it would be two patches every other day. Sometimes it would be three patches every other day. You can't put it on the same place twice. Mm-hmm. So eventually I was wearing at areas and I got a pretty big belly. So like I was running out of real estate, as you would say. Um, so I had to, rather than putting them like horizontally, we got creative and went like vertically. And like, sometimes they were side by side and sometimes, and then the side effect of it, when you take off um, the patch, it's like a big red mark. Mm. So like, at some points, when you look at my belly, it was just like a whole bunch of like, look like eggs, like red eggs lined up across. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But that was my experience with the patches. Yeah. And then I also remember when, I don't know what I was doing, but they said that, you know, you can shower with it and you can, you can shower with it and they don't come out off at all. I don't know what it was happening that day, but it's extra sweaty or something, but they started to fall off, like like two of them out of the three. <laughs> like, ah, shit, what do I do? Yeah. So I just put them on that day. So then I'm like, you know what? I'll just put, I'll just put a new one on. But then the, one of them fell off again. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm running out. <laughs> Sweatiest person alive. <laughs> yeah. So then um, I, I just replaced it and then sometimes also what happens is when you put it on like like your screensaver you don't want any folds or bubbles on it right yeah. you want it smooth yeah so when you do have a crease or whatever it actually like i don't know with me it actually like hurt where the crease was i don't know and it was red where in between it was too so tip try to get it as smooth as possible no creases because it gets red in between where the crease is hmm yeah interesting yeah, that's my little story on estrogen patches. Thank you. Hey, go let the nurse. Thanks for that. <laughs> I'm thankful I never had to do estrogen patches. Oh. That's just one less thing to worry about. I know. And then, like, when you're sitting, also, like, you can feel them, like. Yeah. And, like, my fat's hanging over, and it just kind of sometimes cuts into. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, depending how high your pants are, too. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, thankfully, you never had to wear, like business casual clothes yeah and then like it's in your belly where you abdomen whatever areas where you put the patches but then when you add in the blood thinner too the blood thinner the nurse told me that i have to do the blood thinners at the bottom so now i'm losing out more real estate right (laughs) so then i have to do the blood injections at the bottom and up at the top i had to in the sides i had to use the estrogen patches it was yeah brutal oh it sucks yeah blood thinner medications i hate blood thinners uh they're supposed to help it's an asshole <laughs> why why does it hurt so much i know <laughs> let's not scare the listeners who haven't done it yet that are gonna be prescribed it eventually mm-hmm. i guess a word of caution <laughs> we will warn you yeah it sings like a mother it does and i remember you telling me this and you're like i don't know if i'm a baby or yeah. if it's because like you know i've been through all these injections i'm like no the pio is brutal like it can't be any worse <laughs> sure enough i would do it's worse i would do two or three pios a day over doing one fragment really yeah my husband was so good at giving me needles that i never had to worry ever i don't think it ever hurt wow Mm-mm. oh he had a great teacher hi <laughs> me <laughs> it's true it's true but yeah it the fragment 
the blood thinner stung so much that mm-hmm. I would work myself up and every time I would go through the whole rigmarole of whatever, you know, your routine was that you mm-hmm. had to do for your meds that day. And I would always save that one for last. And then that would end in tears every oh. time because I would be crying my eyes out because I knew it was going to hurt. Same. I saved it for last. Yeah. And it, it stung. It stings. Stings. Yeah. And you know that like I I have like bad memories of the blood thinner as well because our last FET mm-hmm. I tested mm-hmm. and so I peed on a stick. Mm-hmm. I tested and it was negative. And I'm like, I know that it's negative, that the FET didn't work. Mm-hmm. And I still had two or three days before my beta before <gasps> blood test. So I was sitting there and I remember crying to my husband. I'm like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. If it didn't work, why am I bothering to poke myself? I'm hurting myself. Yeah. You know? So I remember like just pleading with him, like, please, can I just stop? Can I just stop? Um, and he, I remember he said, he's like, well, why don't you email the clinic and see what they say? Yeah. Um, so I did. Of course, they went by the book. Of, of course. As they always, you know, will. Mm-hmm. And even as a nurse, I would say the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, we wait for the confirmation from the blood blood tests, but I ended up stopping the day before. Okay. So I only missed one because I was like, mm, if it does happen to be positive, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, but I knew it wasn't anyways. Mm. Um, That's the brutal part is that like you're waiting for your, after you tested your urine or whatever, you're waiting and you know it's already negative. Yeah. And the two more days of PIOs or the and whatever, especially the blood thinner medications. Yeah, you're you have to continue with your protocol. Yeah, because there I have been people, and it is common. It happens. You get negative pregnancy tests mm-hmm. with your urine, but it comes back positive with your blood. Mm-hmm. So you just you gotta maintain that hope until you know the blood comes in. Blood never lies. Ugh. But yeah, for me, I had that was my ninth FET. So I had done it nine times. So I know my body and I knew it didn't work. And I was just like, why am I torturing myself oh, with these blood thinners? Because they're fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> and not to mention the side effect. Ugh. Which is like freaking huge ass bruises. Yep. Like our bellies look like a rainbow. Yeah. Completely covered. It was awful. It was like dark and green and yellow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. We'll post it for you guys soon so you can see. Yeah. <laughs> Which I've seen lots of other women's bellies are the same. Yeah. They have the bruises as well. <sighs> oh my gosh. Um, do you remember your meds that you took for egg retrieval? Um, I just remember the gonoff and the menopur. And I remember the many prayer gave me really bad headaches, mm-hmm. but that's all I remember for that. I did. I did Gonal F as well. I did uh, another one called Ganarelix and I did Puragon, which I liked the Puragon because it was um, an auto injector, like an autom- It was already pre-filled. Mm. Like it looked like um an insulin syringe okay okay so it had it's like two of 250 mm-hmm. milligrams in there and you just dialed up what your dose was and mm-hmm. then you injected yourself okay so you just put the little needle tip on it was so easy oh and sweet. it was quick you just like click 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 and it was done oh the uh the blood thinners was also pre also with my 
Fragment was also pre yes loaded too. Yeah. Didn't help, but whatever. No. <laughs> but kind of nice for those who aren't in the medical field. Those mm-hmm. are way more user friendly versus having to you like, you know, open ampules or vials and you're reconstituting and you know, mixing, mixing meds and stuff. Yeah. Those ones are really, really easy. Yeah. I remember um when the nurse had to explain to me the meds that I had to take for the egg retrieval. You got this, you got that, you gotta take this, you gotta take that. And she has a sheet in front of her and she just highlighted all. I'm like, I'm not gonna remember any of this. Mm-hmm. And then she said, you know what? Um, take a video. Uh, and so then when you go home, you can remember how to mix everything. And thank goodness she allowed me because I replayed it so many times. That's because really good. I had to stop and pause. Hold on, let me pause. And then I did it and then I played it again. It was like watching a YouTube video, trying to follow with the makeup tip, but yep. I was following with the injections. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm they have tons of YouTube videos as well. Oh, they they do now. They do. Okay. They do tons. You could you can search any medication administration and they they have it on there oh god mm-hmm. way more than i mean i never did that when i was going through ivf i was just gonna ask no you didn't have the resources like we do now five years ago maybe but mm. i just nobody ever told me <laughs> to look yeah so i just i had the and again being a nurse i already knew how to administer and drop mm-hmm. and all that i just need to know what my doses were mm-hmm. um but the nurses just went through it with me when we had our mm-hmm information session kind of thing Mm -hmm. and um, that was it Mm -hmm. I just went home and did it yeah but I imagine it's a huge learning curve for those who aren't in the medical field having to learn this like whole new like this new concept of everything yeah yeah like lucky for me um I had to do some injections for my husband for his cancer treatment so like I was okay with the syringes sharp containers and all that stuff but you know for those that are not new to it, like ask the nurses. They do a really good job of teaching, but mm-hmm. take notes, ask again until you're comfortable and then um, ask to video them. Maybe they don't have to, they don't have to be in it, but just even the part where they drop the medications, use alcohol swab to like clean the vial or this or that, like just, uh, just do that. Cause then you can pause and play later on. And, and they also offer at my clinic anyways, um, for your first injection, you can do it with the nurse um, and she can just make sure that you're on the right path. But I'm not going to drive all the way to Toronto <laughs> just yeah. to for an injection. So I decided to do it on my own. For those who live closer to their clinic, that's a really great option. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the nurses do a good job too. And like some of the women that I've seen on different YouTube videos that I've watched or even just on Instagram and stuff like that, they're like pros you see them they're like tapping the syringe (laughs) getting all the air bubbles out they're injecting themselves and i'm like damn girl you are a fucking champion yeah for those that are injecting themselves (laughs) like mad like mad props yeah i i can't nope no i can watch i can watch it but i can't do it oh no 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 oh like if I was trapped on an island and I needed to chop off my arm because it was infected because of zombies or for whatever reason, I can't do it. I'm like, just kill me now. I'm dead. I'm a zombie. Leave me alone. Let the infection take me. <laughs> I can't do it. Okay. I wouldn't be able to either. Okay. I inject you. You inject me. In this case, I'll chop off your arm. You chop off mine. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs>
<laughs> oh my gosh. Um, other meds, I guess not really meds, but like vitamins that I had to take was like folic acid, mm. baby aspirin at some points too. They told me to take and PQQ. Oh, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> that's exactly what my husband does. Did you take your folic acid and your PQQ today? <laughs> but that's supposed to like help with new mitochondria and like, especially with the older age, it's supposed to help with, I mean, it to be more fertile. To help your eggs, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, like I said, I wonder if we take it, if it makes you younger, regenerate some of your facial wrinkle cells. Probably. Hmm. And I may need to give this a try. Did your fertility clinic recommend that vitamin? All of these. Mm. And vitamin D. But we should be taking vitamin D. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody take vitamin D. It's very important. A thousand international units per day. <laughs> what about your vitamins? <laughs> My vitamins. Um I I I did take the CoQ10 for a little while. Um I do take my, like D, my regular, I take B12 supplement as well. So I always took that. Mm -hmm. And then I took my prenatal. Mm. And then I would like shop around for the best, the best kinds. And the ones that you never had to take multiple times a day. Because who the hell wants to take prenatal vitamins twice a day? right? Like three capsules twice a day. And they're like horse pills. Gross. (laughs) Um, But then over the years, I became a rebel and I wouldn't take them for weeks at a time. Really? Oh, yeah. Not be only if I was cycling, okay, and doing a transfer, yeah, or an egg retrieval, would I be really, really diligent with taking them? Oh. But other than that, I was like, meh, not again, <laughs> meh, <laughs> yeah, uh, again. It, sometimes when you get knocked down so many times, you're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck's the point? Yeah, why am I bothering to take this stuff? I'm almost out of my folic acid, I take it every day, but I've done shit all for me <laughs> but i'm still taking it yeah i mean it has other vitamins. did you take is just folic acid or other vitamins too all those i just listed no like sorry is it just a folic acid vi- vitamin on its own yes. or is it prenatal no just uh, on its own okay does it ma- wait hold on am i supposed to do the other kind no prenatal oh. vitamins have folic acid in oh it. okay okay yeah okay. but it just has other vitamins so it's almost like a multivitamin mm, okay okay so if I had like the cha-ching noise right now, I would be <laughs> ringing it. But like, I want to go into class if you remember mm-hmm. some of this stuff. Like, I I vaguely remember and I'm going to try to do my best. So for the, well, what do you remember actually? Your cost. For costs? So for meds, um, under my like my husband's insurance, Mm -hmm. we have secondary insurance coverage, Mm -hmm. Um, any medication that could be classified for menopause Mm -hmm. um, or other uses were covered. Mm. Anything that is strictly uh, fertility based Mm -hmm. was not covered. So like, for example, the progesterone suppositories were always covered Mm. um, because you can give those to women in menopause. But the IVF meds, the injectables were never covered. Okay. Um, so I think on average, you can probably budget somewhere between, and depending on how you respond, right? So people mm-hmm. who don't respond and they need to increase the doses of the medication, they're going to use more meds, it's going right. to be more expensive. Right. Um, those who respond really well, which I did, mm-hmm. um, I over, 
overproduced. Oh yeah. Um, you don't need as much medication. So I think you, if you budget kind of anywhere between 2,500 to Mm $5,000 for your meds is a safe, yep. A safe range. You know, now that you bring that up, mine costs about 6,000, but I'm going to claim (laughs) the progesterone. And do you think estrogen too, or no? Through the insurance, through our, not our insurance, because our insurance is not that good, but my husband's insurance, I can try, because I haven't tried yet. When you go to the pharmacy to pick it up, you had to pay for it? Uh, um, at my fertility clinic, you, you purchase it at the clinic. And then you s- submit it to your insurance after? Oh, I haven't done it yet, but I think I should. Oh, see, they would just give, they would send scripts. Oh. The only medications I ever got from them were the injectables. Oh. Mm-hmm. And they provided everything, including my vitamins. Oh, wow. Yeah, one-stop shop. That's fancy. <laughs> you probably paid a premium for those vitamins. <laughs> FYI. Mother F. <laughs> well, that's why my price range is so much more than yours. 6000 was for me for the meds. And yeah. That was egg retrieval, supplements and um leading up to transfer yeah yeah all your injectables and stuff yeah yeah and um i don't know if all clinics do this but my clinic would um some women who let's say their cycles were canceled or they had purchased three boxes of whatever injectables but only ended up using or suppositories and only end up using one Mm -hmm. for their cycle they would give back some of their their medication oh wow and the clinics would keep it in their fridge so those who were having financial issues or needed some extra support and that sort of thing um they would give you those meds that's so awesome Mm -hmm. yeah you have to i mean i was i didn't end up doing it when it was offered to me and i was a little bit leery because well i know for myself i would have i took very good care so i assumed that every woman would as well because we all want the same thing mm-hmm. so we want to be successful so we're going to make sure that those meds are properly transported and like because when I would come home because same as you I had long drive mm-hmm. my meds would be on ice packs so that way they would maintain the cold chain mm-hmm. um, and then when they came home they would come home and go in the fridge but I was just worried that maybe the you know it, it broke the cold chain would break or something like that so mm-hmm. I didn't end up using that but it's an option there for those who are a little bit more trustworthy than I am and um, having some financial difficulties. Yeah. That's good to know. That Mm -hmm. is really good to know. Anything that will help, you know, even just ask your clinic if they do something like that. I even saw on some like Instagrams, they'll people will post that they have leftover meds. If people want it to go pick it up, if they're in that area. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So kind of like outreach to your community. Oh, that's so good. Help other women out. That's so good. Yeah. Um, so do you keep, did you keep all your injections in your sharp containers? Yes. <laughs> Me too. I have two sharp containers full. The big ones or the little ones? Big ones. Oh my goodness. I have one big, like big one that stands upright. Yeah. And then I have one sort of. Like horizontal? Longer. Yeah. Yeah. Like the ones you see in hospitals with the flip lid. <gasps> and then I have the one plain with the green lid. You have a flip lid one? I have a flip lid. That's a lot of injections. They're full. I can't part with them. Is there a reason why you're keeping them? Well, now that now that I look back, 
-hmm. I wish I had kept them, but took the needles off and like kept just the meds or the syringe and actually like safely got rid of the needles because you don't need them. Yeah. So that I could like, I don't know, I feel like I need to showcase all of the needles that I've used. Yeah. Um, but now I'd be a little worried to kind of sift through them. <laughs> There's, I mean, I cl they're all closed with the safety caps and stuff. But yeah. anyways, yeah, I had wanted to, because um, I've seen so many pictures of babies in the hearts that are covered or the circles that are covered with all the injections. That are made by the injections. Yeah. yeah. So I'd always wanted to do that. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe I'll just chuck them one day, take them to the pharmacy. What? Mm -hmm. Don't you want to keep them? For what? for your picture <laughs> i know but then i feel like it's kind of gross not gross like dangerous yeah it's kind of unsafe yeah because they're needles <laughs> <laughs> the pictures are they're you know i really showcase how hard and yeah. all the things you all the things you had to inject yourself with mm -hmm. to get to that miracle baby or the baby inside that heart or bubble or circle yeah yeah, I think I feel like those sharps containers are part of my badge, my badge yeah. of honor and yeah. like, look what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It reminds me of when I took a picture of my husband's all the meds that he was on. It was like a full <gasps> dining table full. I remember. And it was just again, it was just like, this is all the meds that he consumed. And it's I guess I get your where you're coming from with all these injections. This is everything that I had to undergo. Yeah. Yeah. Those were all your bottles, right? You kept all his bottles? I kept all his bottles. Yeah. It was a full-size dining room table. Yeah. And just to think, it, each bottle contained, like, anywhere from 60, like, 30 to 60 tablets, too. Yes. And he had a crap ton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very profound picture. Yeah. Because then you, then you had the picture of, it was clean. Yeah. Right? Like, the before and after kind of thing. Like yeah. I cleaned up, you remember, he had, like, his whole... Your whole dining room table was like his station with all his stuff on it, right? All the meds and everything, and it was cleared after. Yeah. So almost is like maybe like your sharp containers. Like it's your like end of the journey closure kind of thing. Yeah, like this is the before all the injections. This is the after the baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the injections are back at the pharmacy. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh my god. Yeah. I'll be happy the day I can get rid of those. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, you can declutter that. Yeah, declutter that <laughs> cupboard. I still have all injection supplies too. Do you? I don't know what I'm holding on to it for, but I do, just in case. Maybe I'll need it. You never know. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. I got tons of syringes and alcohol swabs if you need some. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I have a, actually I had two bags, like you know, shopping bags, full of expired medication. Bring it to the pharmacy, I guess. Right? Yeah. Because, oh. like, I had still bottles of, the like, the progesterone and estrogen tablets. Mm. I had, um, like, a box full of Fragment. Did you? Yeah. But they were, it all expired. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I have to get rid of those, too. I feel like at my clinic, I don't even have the opportunity to, like, think about the meds that I want to even get. Because they give it to you then and there. So, you're like, you're going to need this, this, and that. Mm -hmm. And here, I'm going to give it to you, pay pay at the front desk because if I had known let's say your medication didn't expire I can easily be like hey Elle I'm gonna be on this med this med do mm -hmm. you have any and then like you'd be like yeah I have some and then I'm like hold on I don't need that med but I don't even have that opportunity to yeah pause yeah. yeah or even just something as simple as if you went to your pharmacy 
if they gave you a prescription instead of dispensing the medication right there and then, mm-hmm. then you could get it and not have to pay out of pocket for anything. Right. Because I got the medication for free. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess our, our tip that we've just discovered is <laughs> maybe ask if you can take a script to your pharmacy if you have secondary insurance instead yeah. of paying at the clinic. Yeah. Just even speaking about fertility clinics, like I just feel that there is no one that is the same. It's so different in, in, and I know we already talked about fertility clinics, but sometimes I feel like they, they play on our vulnerableness, if that makes any sense. Vulnerability. (laughs) Man, I'm so off tonight. I'm so sorry, everyone. (laughs) But like, we are in this state where we want something so badly yeah and we're willing to pay and do anything mm-hmm. and we're gonna get into all the different things that we have tried but it's almost like you I don't know how to explain it do you know what I'm trying to get at yep you're completely I guess because when you're first starting out you're naive as well right yes so they say you need to do this protocol which will involve this this and this medication right so the only thing you say is okay yeah you don't think, okay, well, do I need this medication? Right. Or how am I going to respond to this? What are the side effects of these medications? Right. You just blindly go along with whatever they say. Yes. And they say, they do, they present it in a way that you don't feel that you have. Well, okay, I shouldn't say I felt that I didn't have mm-hmm. an opportunity to maybe question that. Right. At first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, you don't question, and I, I know we already talked about it, and you just kind of go with the flow, and then you pay whatever they say. Like, mm-hmm. if it's this much, sure, okay, if this is going to help. If it's this, sure, I'll pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe it's even like some conspiracy people thinking about it, that do they, do they purposely put the embryo in a weird way so it doesn't work, so you have to pay like a few more cycles? Mm. I know. Let's I, hope that's never true. I know. <laughs> but sometimes I feel like it, like how come how come there are people out there that you know the person is is healthy, the embryos had genetic testing and they're good, but yet it still is unexplained infertility and mm-hmm. and the transfers fail. And it just like are you really putting it in the right place? <laughs> or are you do is there really an embryo there? Did like, that go in the right hole? <laughs> Did you like we can't even see the embryo? Is it really there? Like, did you really put on the glue? Like, how do we know? And we don't. We just yeah. trust the system. We yeah. trust the doctors. We go in blindly and we're just praying. Praying that it works and praying that people are not taking our money for Yeah. I think the most important thing that we have to remember is that no matter how much science you use, there's always that element of nature. Yeah. Right. So they can line up literally everything, Mm -hmm. you know, they can almost, you know, they create the embryo. Like when they do ICSI, right. They take the sperm, they can pick what sperm they want, Mm -hmm. take the best looking one. Right. And they inject it into the egg. Yeah. But they can inject that sperm in the egg all they want all day, but it has to start to grow. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't do that on its own, there's nothing they can do. Yeah. What is that? That's like, that's magic. You yeah. know, that's the, that's just the nature of things. Same thing when they, you know, do the transfer of the embryo. Yeah. They can shove it in 
wherever they want in the uterus Mm -hmm. and well they have that you know a specific spot that they go for but Mm -hmm. they can put it there but it's up to that embryo to stick and and start to burrow its way into the lining and that's like your little piece of just nature (sighs) i guess you're right and if i think if we were ever to reverse it let's say it was our husbands doing this with their mindset i feel like they would negotiate every price meanwhile like i'm too afraid to i'm too mm-hmm. afraid to say anything and mm-hmm. i'm afraid to negotiate but i don't think you can with these can you negotiate i don't think i don't think so I, right. I can't answer the question but um like for myself as well i very much you know oh it's 300 dollars for an ultrasound okay here's the card mm-hmm. it's you know, blood work, you know, you went for blood work three times. It's $50 per time. So it's 150 Okay, here you yeah. go. Here's the card. Yes. And like, it, I think the prices, I mean, they're just set. They are what they are. Mm-hmm. So there's really, for me, I found there was no point in trying to fight what it is. And they break it down for you right? Yes. in all your bills. You know, you can see, you know, uh, FET transfer $750 mm-hmm. and um, administrative fee because there's always an administrative fee of something yeah. uh, you know $50 whatever it is like there's always they account for exactly what the charges are yeah so you can see how it's broken down even when you do IVF and they go through the consultation they give you the price list of everything mm-hmm. and they show you exactly how much all this stuff is going to cost but it wasn't until I was talking with my physician and we were speaking about doing IVF now a third time because mm-hmm. um, I'd only had I had two embryos left at the time. So we were talking about my age, unfortunately, <laughs> and like when I should do, if I should do another um, egg retrieval and that sort of thing. So it wasn't until I had brought it up to him because this whole time in all of my, you know, talking with all the physicians, I had never mentioned anything with finances mm-hmm. because we just dealt with that shit at home and yeah. did what we had to do at home. Right. And it was separate from the fertility clinic. It was never something that was incorporated as part of our plan because mm-hmm. it is, it is what it is. Right. And it wasn't until I was talking to him and it's like, well, you know, I don't think I can financially afford to do IVF a third time. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's like, Oh, he's like, well, he's like, don't let finances be the thing that stops you. If this is what, you know, you need to do to kind of move forward. Um, there's different things that we can do. There's options we can look at like financing things or other clinics were offering, um, kind of like a all all inclusive <laughs> if you will um like an all inclusive package yeah. um you know so do a whole IVF for 10 grand or whatever it was so he's like we can look into different avenues to help you out financially oh nice so it wasn't until i mentioned it to him that he had even went down that avenue so mm. um i guess just being open with your your, your yeah your physician with your situation because mm-hmm. my husband and i always kept that you know, private and we struggled at home with trying to make, make it work for the meds and all the other treatments and everything that we did. Yeah. So like for a funded cycle, it was 6,000 meds, like I said, and then the 4,000 for the genetic testing. So it was about 10,000 that's for funded, mm-hmm. but for non-funded, what are we looking at? Just so that like people like even myself to know what to say for yeah. yeah, I think if you do like a ballpark range, and mm-hmm. it depends what you're like, every clinic also has a little bit of a mm-hmm. different variance for their prices. But I think somewhere between, you know, 20 to 25,000. Mm-hmm. Um, 
depending on what different kinds of, you know, treatments you may do, medications right. you may have to do, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. And then I think I'm already had start. I've already started. I mean, I don't want to think that, but for the next two or the next transfer or whatever, if it's unsuccessful, but I'm already starting to plan it. So I'm putting a little bit of, you know, my money aside. So I now I know to kind of save for I'm up about that amount yeah and then if i don't need it then i can just use that money for a vacation <laughs> mm -hmm. if you don't need it definitely treat yourself to something really really nice <laughs> or like you said it's your kids tuition money exactly <laughs> they're gonna eat up the money one way or another oh children my. are expensive <laughs> <laughs> sometimes expensive to get here and then once they're here they're expensive too oh my gosh yeah um, so yeah, I think that's a good tip to ask your fertility clinics about plans. There probably are plans because sure. it is so freaking expensive. Yeah. Be upfront about where your needs are if mm -hmm. you do have any. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think even like if you want it so badly, um, I've seen also on social media where like you ask for like a GoFundMe kind of thing. Yeah friends and family know your story know your struggle and can help in any way that they can mm -hmm. that's also another way too yeah the really great perk for here in like for us in Ontario is that we have that funded cycle mm -hmm. like that funded cycle saved us because <laughs> mm -hmm. we were not in a position at the time to be able to pay for it on our own out of pocket yeah so it, it did it really really saved our asses oh man um you want to get into your treatments? Oh, gosh. Sure. <laughs> Let's do it. Some of the crazy shit that I've done <laughs> to help be successful. Um, naturopath. Okay. Well, that was the first thing that I went to. And I went to see her for six months. And we did all the herbal, Chinese herbal um, tablets and teas and acupuncture combined. Okay. So um, that was not cheap. <laughs> and that is where my PTSD came from, I'm sure, because um, when I went to do acupuncture a second time, many years later, yeah, um, in combination with chiropractic uh, treatments as well, I I was physically reacting when I would go into the office to do the acupuncture. Jeez, and I remember it like. When you do acupuncture, they put like nice music on and they dim the lights and it's supposed to be a time of meditation and relaxation. And I felt so uncomfortable oh. and so like worked up and I was so tense. So I think it made it worse and it would make it hurt more. Oh God. And then instead of like wanting to go to acupuncture and enjoying my sessions, I would be, I would start to like resent want like not wanting to go. And resenting the fact that I had to do it. Gosh. Um, but anyways, I I persevered. I did it. <laughs> so what did the herbal meds taste like? Was it like, you know, a Coke or... You, you feel like sweet? you're licking dirt. Like you're, <laughs> you're drinking a cup of dirt tea with grass in it. Oh, and like man. a little bit of dandelions. Do you, eat, do you eat them? No. Oh, okay. No, it was just like a... You make like a tea. Oh gosh. Um, and then most I did mostly caps like capsules. Okay. So you so, don't know what it is, you don't smell it, you chug it and it's gone. Yeah, I never looked at the ingredients of it <laughs> and I never even understood the, the bottle. <laughs> and it was like I can't remember what it was. It was something to do with my liver. Okay. And my liver was cold. Okay. Now we're going back 
six years ago. So I don't, and all the things we've done since then. Something about my liver was cold. This is why in my cycles, things were the way they were. And she was trying to balance that back out again. Because back when I went to her in the beginning, I was trying to get pregnant naturally. Mm -hmm. So I had to take different, I had like six or seven different bottles. And I had to take the different supplements at different parts of my cycle. Wow. And it was like a, a big amount too. It was like three tablets, three times a day of these the Chinese herbs wow um so it was like laid out on my kitchen counter and oh I had to write on the bottle like a.m. p.m. three times so that way I would remember how many I had to take Uh, but yeah what about the acupuncture where what different places did they put it the needles everywhere everywhere on your butt like your back were you laying down like a massage I would do they would do both front and back so I would do my Always my lower back okay. Um, because I have issues with my lower back. Mm-hmm. Certain parts on your feet and certain parts like to help with like stress relief and stuff like that too to help me relax like in your in your ears and in your head. Oh, wow. And then she would also do in my wrists, um, somewhere around my wrists too. And I think that was for like stress stuff too. And then um, leading up to transfer or like in certain parts of my cycle when I don't know, it must have been like in and around ovulation um we would switch over mm-hmm. and then she would I would be on my back and then she would do all like my lower pelvis okay. um acupuncture points there wow yeah those ones I didn't mind but because I don't know why my back would hurt so much mm-hmm. but she would sometimes she would put the acupuncture like the needle in and then it would send like really sharp shooting <laughs> pains down my back or down my leg and it would just be it would really really hurt so I think after doing that a couple of times and feeling that way, I would like brace myself for it when she would do my back. Oh my gosh. And again, I did it. I, I like, I persevered. I did it for six months. Mm. So um, I started doing it again before an FET, like my last FET. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up saying to the the chiropractor, I was like, listen, we don't even bother doing my back. I did it once or twice. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm far too anxious. The whole point of this is to be relaxed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like traumatized. Oh. So like, just, just do my uterus. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't hurt. I have no feeling there <laughs> from my surgery. So I'm like, just do it there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Chiropractic was awesome. Okay. Like I had never, I had been to chiropractors previous, but they used other like, tools and stuff Mm -hmm. but this one she did um manual like manipulation so she like actually like would crack your neck or your back and whatever that sounds painful no it was so cool oh it's like is it like when you say to someone i'll crack my back and you get like this release yeah this woman like jumps on you (laughs) the chiropractors jump on you um and then so i never had my neck cracked before so she has me like she's holding my head like this like kind of like in her hands or whatever yeah and then you know take a breath in whatnot and then she's like and in your own ears it's so loud when they crack your neck i started laughing like really loud and then i'm like i'm so sorry i'm laughing so loud i'm like do you know how loud that was in my ear she's like yeah i'm like that was freaking awesome I felt that felt that felt good. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it supposed to like do going to a chiropractor? It just relaxes you? It helps like put everything into alignment essentially. Oh, okay, okay. Right? Because I was dealing with um I have like a lower back injury. Mm-hmm. An old injury. So because it's 
it's injured, all the muscles around it are tight. So because it's my lower back, it wraps around into your, and involves your pelvis, right? Mm -hmm. So she was trying to help correct that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that way everything is in harmony. (laughs) Yeah, right. Did you, so did you try anything else? Do I dare to ask if you tried anything else? Um, I think those are all like seeking out practitioners for things. I Mm -hmm. think that's all I did. I got hypnotized once. (gasps) No, you didn't tell me that. Yes. I got hypnotized twice. I went back to her twice. I don't know why. Okay. Do tell. So what do they do? Do they like, you know, swing (laughs) like a clock across you like you were getting sleepy? (laughs) No, definitely not. They put, she put me in like a recliner chair and I was like lying comfortable. They put a, some sort of a mask or something on your eyes. I think it had like lights or something on it. And, um, she just talks to you and you wear headphones and she talks to you into the headphones Mm -hmm. and she tells you to count back, like in your head, you're counting back. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she just talks and she did two separate, um, like sessions. So they were on different things. So I was trying to clear away kind of like my trauma and Mm -hmm. because I was at the point in my journey where I was feeling like nothing was working and nothing was going right. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. very positive Mm -hmm. and I didn't have a really good outlook on anything. And I was basically a miserable bitch. Mm -hmm. But, um, so I was trying to release that Mm -hmm. and be able to move forward in a positive way. So she was trying to help me release that. So part of the, you know, session was that my, I think it was a red balloon and you know, like your anger and your whatever is in the red balloon and you let it go and it flies away. And she talks about that or, um, yeah. Another one was like a garbage bin or something and all your stuff is in the garbage bin. You visualize, like she walks through a story with you. So it almost feels like guided meditation with visualization with purpose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know if I ever like was actually hypnotized, Mm -hmm. but I mean, it's it's like meditation. I'm sure that helps. Yeah. Cool. And that's the only other kooky thing I've done. I I heard that you can also get hypnotized to help you with like when you deliver a baby. Oh, yeah? Yeah. One of our co-workers um, did that and she said it helps with just the beginning part mm. <laughs> of when you're getting the contractions and things like that. But um, throughout the labor, it didn't help. So she did it herself? No, she went to somebody to get hypnotized for, what is it called? Childbirth hmm. pains. It's almost like you're putting yourself in like a meditative state. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Try not to feel all the pain. Interesting. But by the end of it, she was swearing and <laughs> cussing. Yeah. Okay, cool. One thing from today that I want to encourage everyone to try is just um, ask about your medications that you're on. I, I, I'm, I'm speaking f- even for myself when I say this because in the last two um, transfers, even with the meds, when she had said it was like a natural cycle, my doctor, I thought like natural would be like no meds, but she still put me on PIO and I didn't question or anything like that. So, you know, ask and um I even experience it now like I choke 
Like I, I build up this courage throughout the time that I'm waiting in the waiting room. I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask this. I'm going to ask why it didn't work. I'm going to ask this. I'm going to ask that. And then when she, the doctor comes into the office, it's so quick that I completely freeze and I choke and I don't continue asking. I just nod and say yes and yes. And it just reminds me of when I go and order Vietnamese sandwiches at the <laughs> Vietnamese sandwich places in Toronto. So they're owned by Vietnamese people and they all speak Vietnamese and they love it when you can speak Vietnamese too. So I always rehearse my order. I'm going to have this Vietnamese sandwich assorted. I say it in Vietnamese again and again and again. And then I go to the cash. Once I line up, she says, okay, what do you want? I just freeze and I choke. And then I end up saying my order in English and then of course I understand Vietnamese. So then she starts saying, look at this girl, she's Vietnamese and she, or she, she doesn't even know how to order in Vietnamese. And they start talking shit about me because I don't know how to order in Vietnamese. But my point is, is that I choke and I'm going to try to be a lot better this time around come fall when I do see my doctor to ask those difficult questions and to try not to choke. And I know it's sometimes hard, um, but you, you got to be your own advocate right mm -hmm. absolutely mm -hmm. I found that it always helped um I would make a list of things I want to talk about in my notes on my phone mm. and then that way when I would go into the visit because again I would have five things that I wanted to talk about or bitch about and then I would sit in the office and then he would say do you have any questions and I'd be like no you too I would forget I would, oh. I, I would totally go blank mm. because of course they're talking about your next steps or whatever else the plan is and you're not thinking of what you were because you're dwelling still on what happened last time mm -hmm. and they're talking about moving forward mm -hmm. so sometimes they don't always align mm -hmm. so um i would find that it would be easier if i wrote it down and then i would always have something to refer to if i forgot mm, that's that's good i'm actually gonna take that tip yeah and if you guys have any like stories about your medications, side effects, you know, um, tips on how to ask questions, negotiating. I don't know what it is. Feel free to email us, let us know. And we've been appreciating a lot of the positive feedbacks that people have been saying about our podcast. We really, really do appreciate all that. And we're happy that we're able to help even one of you or two of you and make you laugh during these challenging times. <laughs> yeah. I'd say challenging is a good word. <laughs> Yeah, and thanks for listening to our episode today. Um, we hope that you enjoyed us ranting and raving on about uh, not so much sex, drugs, and money instead <laughs> of rock and roll. <laughs> Even though things can get tough, um, remember, in any project, including the baby project, you must take things one step at a time. Got a question for us? Or perhaps you would like to share your story and be a guest on our podcast. Feel free to connect with us by emailing us at thebabyproject underscore at outlook.com or DM us on Instagram at thebabyproject underscore. Thanks for listening.